This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. You know, every day we try to open the Word of God for practical insight for living, for living the life that God has called us to. You know, God called you to live a life for Him. Your life and my life, they're meant to glorify God. And this week, we're talking about Christmas time and how Christmas time is a time for rest. And today, what I want to look at is that balance between rest and work. How much work should I do and how much rest should I have? If there's any time of the year that I have to watch this as a pastor is at Christmas time. Because uh, at Christmas time, I have lots of invitations. I have lots of responsibilities. We do lots of Christmas services. We do things in the evening. So I have to actually sit out uh, a piece of paper and look at my schedule for this week and the next week. Uh, Here at the church, we have a real practical tool in our conference room. We have laid out the next three weeks. We know what we're working on this week, the next week, and the following week. Every week, we kind of look at that because we want to keep this balance. The Bible is clear. Too much rest, it it, it opens the door for you to be a sluggard. I, I, I love that word, a sluggard, because you sound like a slug. But on the other end, too much work and, and we're denying God uh, the power in our life and trusting Him. So you have to rest. So today, as we dive into the Bible, I want you to think about what's on your planning list for the week. Is there anything that you need to take off or something you need to put on? I don't know, but I trust the Lord to show you. I'm Pastor Doyle. Be encouraged. You'll move forward in your life and your relationship with God. And the fruit of that is joy and peace. And that's what you can have this Christmas. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think is really important is you and I can't afford to ignore the gauges of our life, okay? In the same way that the dashboard of your car has an oil light, an engine light, a fuel gauge, you know what I'm saying? You hear your brakes squeaking in the back end of your car, that means you need to tend to it. You don't ignore the gauges, Okay. You don't just uh, put some other thing on in your life. Can I tell you, this is one of the things that our world is really struggling with. Our world has decided that when everything is shaking and, and when all the, all the gauges are saying you need to give God attention, we decided to zone out and entertain ourselves with something else. You cannot afford to ignore the gauges of your life. And so today... We wanted to just highlight seven ways we know we're empty, okay, or tired or stressed to check the gauges on your life, okay? So I'm just going to, I'm going to run through the list fairly quickly. We'll highlight some of them. Um, uh, That's for the sake of time. Is this you? That's a good way of looking at it. So are you physically exhausted? Are you mentally drained? Are you on sensory overload? You know, our world, we just have so much going on 
I mean, you can, you can go in some places and they've got smells and lights and noises and, and you just feel like, oh, wow, all right? Christmas time can really do that to you. How about socially spent? You've had too many relationships where there's a negative relationship pulling on you and not enough adding value to you. How about creatively stuck? Hmm. You know, can I tell you one? So what are we going to have for dinner? Oh, I'm just too tired to think about what we're going to have, right? That's a creatively stuck moment, isn't it? And it's because you're drained. I deal with creatively stuck a lot because I, I have to avoid that because I, I'm a creative and it's my job to be creative. Staff will come to me and say, hey, what are we doing for New Year's uh, series? And do you have any ideas on where we're headed for Easter? And I'm like, we just ate Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I love you too. Go back to your cubicle. I don't say that. All right. I don't say that. I don't say that. But you see what I'm saying? And, and, and you can feel creatively stuck, even though you're a creative person and you get energized by creativity. How about emotionally spent or spiritually empty? When I talk about spiritually empty, I mean that you haven't, you, you've been pouring out but you've not really kind of received in your spirit. Now, sometimes you can be spiritually empty because you've been putting bad things into your spirit. You've been watching or doing things that you know are ungodly. That can, that can really, it can ruin you. At other times, we're exhausted physically, emotionally, and, and maybe some of these other areas. And because of that, we, we haven't dealt with it, and so we don't take the time to be pouring into ourselves spiritually. And so what we do is we'll just, we'll watch something that's what I would call kind of neutral. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing spiritually wrong with watching funny cat videos or the Three Stooges. You see what I'm saying? But it's not going to add value to you. It's not going to lift your soul and your spirit. And see, what we're saying is, if you, if you right now feel spiritually empty, you, could, you have to put that, it would be like, you would never pour milk into the, the tank of your car that needs gasoline, would you? Mm-hmm. Milk is the protein that a human body needs, not a car. And, and what we're doing as a culture is we're putting the wrong thing in our spirits at times, and the gauge may look full because you've poured that in, but you need to know you can't run on that. That dog won't hunt, okay? That dog won't hunt. All right. I think, you know, I think for me, I don't know if you realize, but I have been taking chemotherapy this year. Now I'm taking immunotherapy, and I have experienced, I think, a check mark on every single one of those this year. And I was in a, excuse me, guys, we got to talk hair care product for just a minute. <laughs> but um, I was in a hair care product store and, because they said it was all natural. And so I, 
you're not allowed to have chemicals when you're taking chemicals, right? So I go in this hair care store, and there's three girls. There's no one in the lobby, three girls on their phones at the checkout. And I said, hey, do you have something that might help me? They point in that direction, and they say the price list is over there. So I go over there. It's a wall of stuff, and I'm like, can, is this can I take this? What, you know, they don't want to answer my questions. They're busy doing their thing. And I said, well, how about this one? And they're like, oh, that's for thick hair. You have thin hair. And <laughs> I thought, okay, I, I think I'm just going to go. You know, people don't even know what you've been through. They have no idea where you're at and how you feel in that moment to even to stop and to pause and to say, hey, yeah, let's look at this. Let's see if that's safe for you. Let's see, you know, maybe this one's on sale. No, but it would have done no good to say, hey, I, I just needed hair care. <laughs> that wouldn't have really solved it, would it? But you, <laughs> you take a moment and you recognize, okay, Lord, I guess I'm a little emotionally spent. I just need your care for me. And you know, when you're a giver, you give and you give and you give and you give, that's a good thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what God wants us to do. But there's also a time where he wants us to receive his rest and to receive his care for, for us. And I know for me personally, I've always been on the giving, giving end. But this year, I experienced your love and care. Because in this place, people would go that extra mile behind the smile and say, how are you doing really? you know, and talk to me. And so that is part of that rest is when we can be together, when we can love people that extra mile. That's really, really important. It helps them experience some of that rest. What you have to see is, is that when you look down through this list, okay, when you look at them all at once, just a deep breath and a pause and then a plan to get you that space that you need is vital. But to keep pushing on the gas isn't going to get you there. See, see, rest is, is an essential part of life. We, we, we now know in science, okay, you need food and water. Everybody recognizes that. But science recognizes also that you need to spend about one-third of every day sleeping at rest. Wow. You see? And, 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 and we, we have this imagination, and, and especially because we're connected, okay? We'll stay up all night long. We'll keep, we'll keep ourselves, our, and, and our mind doesn't get to shut down and let God restore our soul. The Scripture's clear on that, that God is the one that gives us rest. He's the one that restores our soul, that God is the one that nurtures you in that way, and that we have to look to Him and expect that, okay? True rest comes from the Lord. True rest for all of those areas, it's really going to come from the, the Lord. And I felt like he just wanted me to say to you, it's going to be okay yeah. if you stick with the Lord. There's so many other ways. The world will give you a thousand ways to fill those needs. But if we, if we don't run to the Lord, that's really the lesson of the past two years. We have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves and depend on the Lord for everything if, and come to him with, I can't get 
through a day without you. I need you, no. Lord. I need you to give me the rest in all these areas. It's when we think we can do it on our own, and we think we can just keep pushing back the warning signs that we need rest in these areas and not turning to the Lord. We have to turn to the Lord, and it's a humility. It's, it's pushing down our pride. I think I can do it myself. But God is bigger. He is bigger than anything that you face that would keep you needing these rest. He's bigger. We just want to encourage you that rest is healing. It's life-giving. It, it'll, it'll, it's, it's part of the cure, but it's not just taking a nap. It's taking a nap. It's spending time with the Lord. It's, it's stopping all the noise of the world in which we live, and you have to be intentional about that daily. And I, I think, well, before we go on, it, it comes in big chunks of time. Mm-hmm. that you may think you don't have, but you do. You have to choose him over something else. But it also comes in 15 and five-minute chunks of time. It's throughout your day. You know, I was going down 71 North this week, and I had to get up really early. I still had my coffee. The sun was just coming up. The dew was on the ground. Beautiful sunrise. The sky was pink and blue for miles. And I just began to say, Lord, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. And I kept saying that to him over and over. And then I was tempted to turn on the radio. I was so tempted. And then I was tempted to ask Siri for the lyrics to Phil Wickham's Lord, You Are Beautiful in Every Sunrise. And I said, No, no, no. This is his time. I'm going to rest. I'm going to be with him on that drive. And by the time I arrived at the radio station, I was refreshed. And so it's in those moments that you're inviting him into your day to give you that rest you need so you can have the peace and joy for other people. In in May of 2019, I I taught a series, There's Got to Be a Better Way. And on the second part of that, I taught a whole lesson just on rest. So I know we're not giving you everything today, but if you'll go back and look at uh, May of 2019, but, but... I grew up in a family where work was a good thing. I had a great-grandmother, Grandma Sexton, who, when she didn't feel good, she would go mow her lawn in her <laughs> 80s. She was in her 80s, and she would go push the mower. And she would tell, I remember as a little boy, her looking at me and saying, well, if you don't feel good, go outside and do some work, all right? <laughs> and so this whole idea of rest, I thought was for weenies. I thought it was for slackers, you know, but, but I had to learn that rest is what gave me the fuel, which gave me the power to really be successful. So here's a quote from me. All right. It's a famous person. All right. There's wisdom in working hard and there's wisdom in rest. Use both and never overlook the other. Rest is a weapon and honest work leads to a life full of blessings. I believe that that is wisdom and that is truth but you've got to have both. So when we talk about rest today, rest is not an invitation to become a sluggard. The Bible is clear on that. And we live in a world right now where there's a lot of people who are tempted to slide into something unhealthy. And uh, listen to what Proverbs 6 says. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. How many of you have experienced this? How many of you 
have, have laid on the couch for a couple days and you realize, I have less energy now than when I did. Because you begin to, the law of entropy sets in and it begins to destroy you. And so how do we manage this? How can we live a rested life in a really busy world? I had to learn that a meal is actually a restful time. I grew up with that, but then in, in graduate school, I, I was working at a, at, at a church. I was taking five classes. I had an on-campus job just to make ends meet. I was doing all this. And so I began to eat just on the go. And it created a bad habit that I had to break. And we've, had to, we've always had to come back and recenter ourselves just at a meal and sit down and talk as a family. Don't lose that, okay? Don't let something steal that. It's really important. It's interesting. The Scripture even affirms this. It tells us in Mark that Jesus and the disciples, they've been really busy in ministry, and they, they were going to take a day off. And this is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. So prior to that, they needed a day off. Listen, okay? Uh, and he, Jesus, said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So, so Mark is saying, Jesus said, we need to go rest. They didn't even have time to eat a meal. And what do they do? They get in the boat, they go across the lake, and 5,000 people go around the edge of the lake and find them on their day off. <laughs> had anybody call you with a problem on your day off? Had anybody wake you up and say, hey, mom, where's the peanut butter? <laughs> on the same shelf it was yesterday. <laughs> why did you have to wake me up for that? See, this is the, why is this important? Because sometimes life crowds in on our best attempts That's to right. rest. Mm -hmm. So you need to just plan right now that someone's going to show up. Someone's going to interrupt your rest, your need for rest. And that's okay. But you've got to be evaluating yourself. Someone, someone will <clears throat> text me or call me or say, hey, hey, pastor, do you have any time? And um, I, have to, I have to evaluate how many what I call uh, people I can take into my life that I'm pouring into because it will empty me. Does that make sense? And sometimes I have to look at my schedule and see how much of that's going on. Uh, Jennifer mentioned we went to uh, a funeral yesterday. A friend of ours had lost his brother, and mm. you know we drove down there. And we just we gauged our day around the fact was how much rest do we have in order to do this? Can I tell you this? Grief is a real thing. And Some it's of an you, energy, it's an energy suck. Drain. As a pastor, I lose more people that I love than the average person. Never thought about it that way, have you? Mm -hmm. And when I do a funeral, I, I now, I'm, I'm older now, I schedule much of the day later in that day off because I'm going through the grief with the whole crew. Yep. And we went and saw these people. And can I tell you, you were an encouragement to them. We were an encouragement to them. We were talking, and we hadn't seen some of these people for a little while. And one of them said, you know, you've been such a strength to us this year because I've been up at night. I couldn't sleep because I've been so upset about all the things in life and whatnot. 
And there you guys were at 1 a.m. on TV. I'm like, wow. Later, someone said, I heard you on the radio. I didn't know you were on the radio. See, your word is really important. Our word as Christ followers is important. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't pour into people. Somebody needs you to be strong for them. That's right. How many people have been strong in the Lord for you over and over again? And if we don't take the time when we have the time to rest in the Lord and spend time with the Lord, then we're not strong for the others when they need it. And, you know, coronavirus is so tempting just to fritter away our time. We had all this extra time, but if we don't spend it with the Lord, we're not going to be strong in the Lord when people need us to be strong in the Lord for them. I, you know, one of my friends, her husband is such a fine father and just a wonderful leader in the community. And every lunch, he goes to the library from work. He works a lot of hours. But he goes to the library where it's quiet, and he reads his Bible. He's read through his Bible four times over the years. And he's strong, and he's strong in the Lord. And so I think that you have to take those times of rest in the Lord so that you can be strong. Do you have a place where you go expecting God to pour into you? You understand what I'm saying? So I have a friend, he, he built his office, and when he did, he built a closet in that office so it could be a prayer room for he and the rest of his staff mm-hmm. and his team, and he would go in there. You know, we have a place in our home always we're looking to create that place where we can go and sit and just receive from God. And, and you need to create a, a space in your mind you can you can do that at your home. John Maxwell, he had a rock. <laughs> he had a in big rock, a boulder in the backyard in California. He'd go sit in that boulder, and that's where he would pray and seek God. You can, you, you, whatever, do you know a walk in the woods will restore you and, and build into you? Does fresh air do that? What do you do to do that? Yeah, I love this verse in Matthew 20, 11, 28. It's, this is Jesus, and he says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many times have I asked the Lord, Lord, is this your yoke? Is this your burden? What, what is it? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing right That's now? Right. Be- that is a great little prayer to pray. Is this your yoke or have I taken something on? Is there something that you've taken on that you need to take off and give it to God and say, I'm not supposed to be carrying that? So there's three things I see in this passage. Number one, you have to come to God daily. Um, Rest in your life is like recharging your battery. You have to take the time to do it. It will not recharge on its own, okay? Number two, during that rest, you have to check your gauges your body, your soul, and your spirit. Mm -hmm. Do you take time every day to say, how am I doing physically? How am I doing in my soul? And how am I doing in my spirit? A lot of people don't know what their soul is, but they know when their soul is uneasy. All right? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your ability to think about life, your ability to make decisions, and, and just... How do I feel about how things are going in my life? That's your soul. And God gave you a soul in order for you to know how you're doing.
Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. You know, prayer changes our lives. Prayer of agreement is powerful. Well, we're together right now. What are we waiting for? Have you asked God for a vision? Well, let's do it today. Lord, your word says that without a vision, your people perish. And God, sometimes we just go through life and we don't really see what you're doing or we haven't even asked you to show us. And so today we come before you in the name of Jesus and we ask you to open our eyes, open our ears that we might hear from you. Give us a vision. When when John had a vision from you, we got the book of Revelation. And God, he saw your kingdom and he saw what you were doing in the earth. And God, today we come before you in Jesus' name and we're saying, God, forgive us. We've been so self-centered that we haven't asked you, what is it you want to show us? And so today we say, show us, open our eyes and our ears, help us to see what you're doing in the earth. Would you show us what you're trying to bring about your purposes? Begin to cause your word to come alive in us. As we read your word today, Lord, speak to us and show us how it fits with your vision for our life, our our calling from you and, and our, our position in Christ Jesus and how it's supposed to be walked out. In, in Acts 17, it says in verses 26 and 27 that, that you put us in the times, the exact times and places that you wanted us to be so that we would seek you and hopefully find you. And so today, we know that you have us in this time and season that we might pry pray this prayer that we might ask you to give us a vision for our life. Help us to begin to see ourselves as a kingdom person, someone that lives under the authority of King Jesus. May we begin to have boldness and courage to step out and represent you every day, to share the love of Jesus, to share the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to tell our testimony and how our life has been transformed. Today, God, we're saying yes to you. We're putting our resignation on the table from our own ways. We are no longer doing that. And we're saying, yes, we take the job of following you, of serving you. Give us a vision for your kingdom, for your glory. That's our prayer for your glory. Amen. Hey, thank you for praying with me. You know, I believe prayer is powerful. We should pray first and ask questions later. And if you'd like to be a part of the prayer ministry or part of this ministry, I ask you to go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address, and we'll give you our free ebook. It's a prayer guide, a daily prayer guide right there for you every day. Be a part of the ministry of The Church Next Door and Your Next Step. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again, or share it with a friend. Look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just, you leave like, oh, so refreshed. 
And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.